Two Dudes and a Cage. Two Dudes and a Cage. We are here to bring you our predictions and analysis for UFC 298. Man, we are going to get right into it. We're not going to waste any time. So let's do it. What do we got first? All right. So the first fight we got, we're going to go to the early prelims. It's Andrea Lee and a two dudes in a cage uh, veteran <laughs> and a maverick. Yes. Andrea Lee, she's a kickboxer. And Miranda Maverick, you'd classify her as probably a grappler, but she is one of those new age MMA fighters where she is uh, overall well-rounded. Uh, the Andrea Lee is a great kickboxer. I believe she was a champion when she was kickboxing. But unfortunately, she doesn't seem to have an answer for grappling. She's lost her last three, which is start of a pattern. She lost three, won two, lost three. So if she sticks with that pattern, she's going to win. Unfortunately, I think Miranda is the stronger fighter. She's going to be able to... Get her to the ground, control her, and I got I got Miranda winning this fight, and I think Andrea KGB Lee is gonna be cut from the UFC. Ooh. I know, man. Uh, I was kind of thinking the same thing. She's on a big, huge Andrea Lee's on a big losing streak. Um, she has all kinds of accolades, man. She's like a black belt in karate, a judo brown belt. Uh, BJJ brown belt, uh, a crew in Muay Thai. Um, she won the Golden Gloves. Um, she's got three KOs, five subs. Like you said, she's on a three-fight losing streak. She was in Invicta. She was in LFA. She was on Tough. Um, just kind of seems like her career is starting to get maybe towards the end of it a little bit. Uh, three-fight losing streak where Miranda's. 26. She's been doing good lately. She's BJJ black belt, one KO, seven subs. Um, you know, I like I like how you call her a new age grappler because I can, you know, definitely comfortable on the ground, but she's definitely comfortable striking. So, um, do you think she'll look for a takedown? Maybe look to ground and pound. Maybe look to sub. But I do see Miranda winning this fight. Um, either way, where it ends up. Uh, Miranda probably be a smarter fighter and just uh, try to take her down and not try and strike with Andrea Lee. Sorry, Andrea. I know you like Andrea too, so I mean it does suck, but yeah, she just seems to like not work on her wrestling. It just seems like anytime she gets, she just doesn't know what to do. Takes takes a long time to develop them wrestling skills, I guess. <laughs> long time. I get it. I'm not hating. Like I don't want anyone to uh, but you can't do it. It's a, I think it's just one of the hardest things that takes the longest. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Man, next next up we got some names I cannot pronounce. We got Zhang Min Yang versus 
Bredson Ribeiro. That's not that bad. Zhang, man. I don't know much about either of these guys. Zhang's got 10 KOs, six subs. It's this this is his UFC debut. He was on Road to UFC, which is like an Asian kind of contender series thing, maybe, or kind of tough, something like that. Looks looks like he throws a lot of high volume and he's probably a head hunter. A lot of his strikes go to the head, it seems. Uh Brenson's got nine KOs, six subs, very similar. It's his UFC debut as well. He was on the contender series. Um I, I think I'm gonna go with Zhang in this one. Um, not knowing much about these. I think Zhang is just gonna be more higher volume. Um looks to be the better fighter in this one to me. Yeah, so it looks like uh, Min Ying Zhang is making his UFC debut. He's 16 and KOs. Uh, Brandon Ribeiro is 15 and 5, a BJJ practitioner, but he's got some good power. He's got KOs. Uh, Ribeiro fought on the contender series and he won out but I think it's going to be a stand up fight I don't think this one's going to go the full 15 minutes this is where they really start to get viewership and I think this is a perfect fight to put on there because both of these guys are basically making their UFC debut we got a big fight card they're going to show up they're going to throw hard and I think Zeng's going to get his hand raised I think he's going to get the knockout, but this is going to be a good fight to start the prelims. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Next fight, here's another one. We got yeah. Rina Nakamura versus Carlos Vera. Uh, Nakamura is he's a freestyle wrestler, and I'm going to pull it up. I want to say his dad is, like, one of the founders of Shoto. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, he's the son of Kozo, who is involved in the early development of Shoto wrestling. It's like being a Gracie or something, you know? Yeah. yeah it's a huge deal. A huge, huge shadow to to come up. He's only 8-0 and in the UFC, so he's relatively new. I'm sorry, he's 8-0. He's 2-0 in the UFC. Uh, even though he's a wrestler, he doesn't really wrestle. He uses it as a defense and not as much as his offense. And he's very powerful. Uh, Carlos Vera, he was a contestant on the Ultimate Fighter twice. And what's crazy is Although he didn't like make it to the finale or anything, he lost to the two people that won it. Uh, Bryce Mitchell was the first time he lost to the, the Ultimate Fighter, and then Brad Katona, he lost again. This is going to be a good. I, I I don't think Vera is well matched up in this one. I think this is more of a test for Nakamura. And I think Nakamura is gonna he's gonna get his hand raised. I don't think Vera is gonna be able to control it with the pace and the grappling. So I'm going Nakamura on this one. 
Yeah, uh, Nakamura does have like a, a huge wrestling advantage, and I think with his dad being who he is, and he he should have a huge takedown advantage altogether. Um, he does have five KOs on his record, so you know he can strike as well. So he does have that that going for him. Looking through Carlos's record, it does kind of seem like his last fight was to Bracatona. Uh, it does just kind of seem like a uh. Uh, let's see where where Nakamura is at. Kind of fight. Um, uh, I mean, it happens all the time in MMA. You know, that's pretty common thing. So, um, he's a he's a pretty favorable underdog as well. So, um, I I think yeah, I think you'd be dumb not to go with him for sure. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna bet, don't bet against Nakamura. Right or do. Yeah. You'll, probably, you'll probably get a bigger payout if you do, but it's obviously a bigger risk. He's probably the the biggest one on biggest on the card, maybe not, but he's pretty large. Yeah, uh, advantage. Oh, oh, next fight, some big boys coming out to play: Marcos Rogero de Lima versus Justin Taffa. Uh, is this just going to be a big uh, stand and bang fight? Marcos has got 14 KOs, three subs. He is a BJJ black belt. Uh, he's coming off a loss to Derek Lewis. Uh, Justin Taffa, he's from, like, you know, New Zealand. And, you know, uh, I think he trains with uh, Tai Tuivasa, was, like, his big training partner, you know. So if you think of Tai Tuivasa, Justin Taffa kind of fights just like he does. Uh, very similar. Uh, Justin's got seven KOs. He's a BJJ blue belt. Um, what 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 I don't like about this, I do like Justin in his style. I just think he's a little too inexperienced. Just like Taito Avasa, once he got up to the upper echelon of people, that standing bang style just really isn't working for him. Um, he's got to have some skill and technique in there as well, and I think. Just Marco is just has fought a tougher schedule, and, and he's more experienced. Um, so I think he's gonna win. I agree. I was, dang, I was trying to see because Tafa's takedown defense is a hundred percent, but you could never take that for what it is, especially at heavyweight. Yeah, hundred. I mean, it's still good. It is, but that could be he caught someone, they tried to take him down, and he, you know, he yeah. didn't, like, he stopped it, rolled him over, and got on top, ground and pound. So, it, I wish the UFC would break it down to, like, how many attempts before, but maybe they'll get better at that. Anyways, I, uh, I think this is more of a test for, to Lima than it is Tafa. You know, he just lost to Derek Lewis. And so Tafa, he's on a three-fight win streak. Uh, he fought Austin Lane last, who he had a no contest with. So technically he's 3-0-1 in his last four. Tafa's very powerful, but he's He's on a streak with KOs, too. It's 
not like a decision. It's, you know, first round, first round, first round. So if it gets in the later rounds, like most heavyweights, he tends to trail off. And I think with Delima that if Tafa can't get him in the first round, Delima's going to be able to get the victory. Uh, Now with that, I think Tafa has a chance to win. And I wrote Tafa down, but I'm changing. Uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the favorite and I'm gonna say Delima's gonna get his hand raised. I think he can weather the early storm, get Tafa tired, and coast through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like uh okay, Derek Lewis was able to, to knock you, but can can this guy do it? Uh I don't think so. But Yeah. I mean at heavyweight, he has the chance. I just he he's not technical when he strikes. He's very wild and yeah, open ended. Yeah. He just bites his mouthpiece down and windmills essentially. Yeah, and I mean that that does work, but you know, as a top level and experienced guys, it tends to not work as well. Yeah. This next fight, I do not like. I'm going to just... Man. we got Amanda Lemos versus Mackenzie Dern. Now, Mackenzie is a late replacement. It was supposed to be Lemos versus Tatiana Suarez, which was going to be awesome. Uh, Suarez would have won via decision. But Mackenzie Dern, amazing grappler. However, her striking and her wrestling just... They had... Obviously, they're not going to be to the level for the grappling, but it seems like she's still focusing on the grappling and not as much on the wrestling and the striking. There's, you know, you're a grappler. Yeah. You need to get to the ground, and you have a 30%, or I'm sorry, a 14% takedown accuracy. And so she's, that's okay. She's still young. But when you're fighting Amanda Lemos, who can strike, you you want to make sure you can get it to the ground controller and wrap <laughs> Quick, her up like quickly. an anaconda. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I don't like this fight because I think Mackenzie Dern, I feel like they threw her in too quickly. They should have took time to build her up. And so I just think she's overmatched. She's outmatched in skill level in the areas that she needs to work on. And so I'm going with Lemos. I think it's going to be decision. I don't think Dern's going to get finished, but I think Lemos is going to win via decision. Nice, nice. Man, I think this is like a, a classic striker versus grappler fight. Basically, Amanda's got eight KOs, three subs. Uh, she just fought Whaley for the title. Mackenzie's a BJJ black belt with seven subs. Um, yeah, I think the big question of this fight is is if Mackenzie's going to be able to get a takedown or not, obviously. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think Amanda Lemos is just going to be too strong. She's just going to be too tough for her. Um, she'll probably push it against her, push the pace against her, and and have her getting backing up eventually and land some good strikes and just overpower her, probably. 
Well, too, it's like, it's not just can she get her down, it's can she keep her down. Because Lemos is strong for that yeah. weight class. She's got that Miranda Maverick strength. Just to Andrade. That farm, farm girl strength. <laughs> yeah. That farm strength, no joke, man. Shoot. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think uh, Amanda Lemos is going to win this one, too. Um, Mackenzie did seem to get thrown in with the deep end. Uh, it's probably because her grappling is so good. Um, you know, that usually happens. Um, I think when, when you have such high accolades like that, you get pushed quicker. And Unfortunately, she didn't train her other areas like she should have. But it's a lot of work. It's a lot of takes you know takes all your time you have to train all the time to be able to do that you know it's well when she was at the one gym with uh rvca gym that bisping was at she was doing really good in her striking and then she left that gym and it's like her striking she just stopped working on it or like not focusing as much on it i mean Again, I'm not in the gym. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, it, but... it definitely shows, though. You can definitely see <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. You got uh, the next hard name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Uh, next name, up. Names got get easier after this. Anthony Fluffy Hernandez versus Roman Kaplayov. Uh, Fluffy. Got two KOs, seven subs. He's a BJJ brown belt. He's just coming off a win over Ed Shabazian. Uh, Roman's got 11 KOs. Uh, he's like a five-time Sambo champion. Um, uh, this seems like a pretty interesting fight too here. Um, another, another looking at these fights. Uh, Anthony Hernandez has some good wins on his schedule. Um, yeah. Um, he's beat some good guys, and his record's doing good. Even though Roman's like has a good record and everything, um, I don't know who a lot of those guys are on his record. I think a lot of more regional guys from Russia before he got to the UFC. Um. So uh, maybe I'm crazy for for picking Anthony over Roman, but I think just just by the strength of schedule and the guys who's fought and got win over, I just like Anthony. Anthony always seems to come out with something too. Um, he's like an exciting fighter. He's he's got he's got heart or something, and and he just uh, seems to pull it off all the time. Um, so I like Anthony in this one. Interesting that you chose that. Yeah. All right. So, Roman, like you said, combat samba fighter. He's four and two in the UFC. He did not start that hot. He was zero and two when he first started, and four and zero since. But like you said, with Russia, a lot of Russians and Brazilians, though, they they call them taxi drivers, but. They fight a lot of, you know, warm-up fights to, you know, hopefully they face a lot of different situations to get prepared. And I, I think that's 
a lot of his record is that. But like you said, you know, combat sambo. Hmm. I wonder who else is a really good sambo wrestler. Uh but Hernandez is really good grappling. He's got good stand up. Another one of those new age fighters where they're they're not a champion in one thing, they're really good at everything. And I think that's the advantage of this one is Roman's gonna have to he's gonna have to choose. Is he gonna stand up and get pieced up or is he gonna go to the ground and risk getting submitted? And a lot of fighters that Hernandez has faced have made those decisions. And uh Kevin Holland, you know, knocked Hernandez out, but Jabayan went to the ground, arm triangle. I I too have Hernandez. I think he's gonna win via submission too. I just think he's got the edge everywhere it goes, he has the edge. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he's gonna win. Upset alert. Yeah. Alright. Speaking of upset alert, next fight, Marab Divashali versus Henry Cejudo. Marab has been the number one contender in the Bantamweight division for almost two years now. And out of loyalty, he decided not to fight for the title. Which I get, but you know, now you gotta fight Henry Cejudo, who happy birthday to Cejudo. He just turned 37 last on Friday. Nice. But this one's tough because Cejudo is so good. Then he retired. Three years later, he comes back. First fight back, fights for the title. So he lost. You know, Sterling was able to control it, was able to keep him from getting taken down. And could that be because Cejudo's ring rust was, you know, nine weeks after three years off? Like there was a lot of questions on that one. Now the question is, is thirty-seven in the bantamweight division too old? Uh, I I don't know how to pick this one, so I'm gonna have to go with the favorite. I think Triple C just I can't count him out, but I I don't I don't see how he's gonna get a win. I think it's gonna be a narrow decision, and I think Marab gets his hand raised. And fights the winner of Cheeto and O'Malley for the title. Is Marab the favorite? Marab's the favorite. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. really close. It's a minus one ninety eight and uh, for Marab and plus one sixty four for Cejudo. Oh, I guess it's not that close, but yeah, no, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, I think this is gonna be like one of the fights where if you want to for sure something you bet on the fight going to the distance <laughs> yeah um you know because uh a lot of these they their fights a lot of marab marab has 12 decisions um i think a lot of henry's fights are decisions as well but um marab has three ko's one sub 12 decisions judo black belt uh, his last three wins were against Peter Jan, Jose Aldo, and Marlon Morales. Henry's got eight KOs. He was an Olympic wrestler, the former flyweight and bantamweight champion. Um, 
yeah, I, I just think Henry has kind of not been, um, uh, like as fast as he was since he came back. He's a little bit slower. Everything's not as spot on as it was. As it's when not he as retired. fluid. Yeah. Um, uh, I I think this should be a good back and forth fight. Um, it'd probably be like very technical grinding for positions and maybe a few uh, punches on the way in and on the way out um, and then kind of grappling and hand grappling, fighting for position, trying to get a takedown, uh, getting back up and, you know, kind of just fighting for position from there. I think it's going to be a lot of that. Whole Some would say boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, Listen for the booze. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of booze in this one. That's yeah. I mean, that's probably is what's going to happen. But I think Marab's going to get it in the end. Yeah, I I don't think it's going to be. It's not going to be an entertaining fight unless you're really watching for like the technical moves. Right. It's going to be a very technical, a very chess match yeah 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 i mean some people could could like that that kind of fight but i think henry runs his mouth a lot and King of the, cringe. the way he does that he should be more of an exciting fighter and then it just kind of comes off as kind of boring in the end yeah but he does it to get views but it doesn't he brings the people, but he doesn't, you know, give back to them. Yeah, it's like a gotcha, gotcha, you know. Yeah, got you again. And I, and after a while, people are going to be like, nah, last time you said you was going to bring it, and it was boring, so why would I watch you again? Maybe. Yeah, if there's a prop bet, he'll he'll come out to the weigh-ins, he'll punt something Marab-ish, he'll punt something O'Malley-ish, and something Cheeto-ish, and something Cheeto. And then it'll get boring the next day. Yeah. Alright, ooh, next fight, Jeff Neal versus Ian Gary. Jeff has nine KOs, two subs, he's a BJJ purple belt, um, and He's got he's got really nice and clean, accurate striking. He doesn't swing crazy. He moves really well. Um, he kind of waits for the right punch. I, I think that's a good style up against Ian Gary. Seven KOs, one sub. He's a black belt in judo. Ian Gary's known for knocking people out. He hits hard. He finishes fights. Um, he does go to, to de decisions, too. I mean... Uh, I think it's a good matchup with Jeff Neal because they do fight very similar. I think this is going to be a stand-up boxing match back back and forth, uh, trying to see who can knock he, knock out the other one the first uh, uh, kind of thing. I just see a lot of that happening. Um, uh, as far as uh, I mean... Ian Gary's on kind of a hot streak. It's kind of hard not to pick him, honestly. Um, but Jeff, Jeff Neal's a tough dude, the good good opponent. Um, he's got a hard fight ahead of him. But, um, you know, I think Ian Gary can get this one done, man. I do. 
you know, our, uh, our faithful fans recognize Jeff Neal, which year, because these two are supposed to fight. And uh, I believe pulled out, they got Ian a replacement and Ian pulled out because he had pneumonia. And so now the original Jeff Neal, Ian Machado. And like I said then, I'm going to say it now. Ian Machado Gary, submission, second round. I just, Jeff Neal, hands of stone, powerful. I just think Ian Geary is, he's special. I'm prove me wrong. I I don't know what it is. He's trying to be like Connor. It's like, be yourself. He is kind of cringe with that shit, too, though. He does kind of go a little bit too far, but. He is wag. I mean, his wife. Yeah, man. This one's going to be a good fight. I think so, too. I think it's a good fight. Yeah, it's a good matchup. I like how the UFC uh, is really ramped it up. You know, in the past, they would do a good fight, a good fight, and like a fight, and then, you know, co-main, main. So they're really getting, you know, it just builds to... Potential great fight after great fight after great fight. So this is a great placement. Yeah. Uh, Je- Jeff Neal. the races. Jeff Neal just beat Vicente Luque too. So it's, yeah. a, good ma- it's a good matchup, you know? Yep. Next fight. Robert Whitaker versus Paula Costa. It is the co-main event. Robert Whitaker is one of the best middleweights. And now I'm, I know there's, I'm not saying of all time. I'm just saying right now he is one of the best. From coming from welterweight to being middleweight, he has lost three fights. May have heard of someone named Israel Adesanya. He lost to him twice. And then someone named Trikis Duplicis. I don't know if you know who he is. He's the, the current champion, you know? Bobby Knuckles has come to play. And Bobby Knuckles is going to get his hand raised. I'm calling it right now. Knockout. It's either going to be a potential rematch with DDP or a contender, a first uh, first contender against Sean Strickland. That's going to be the next fight. And that's going to be a good one if it's Sean Strickland. That would be a good, good fight. fight. Actually, yeah. I like it's it. But... He's got to get past Paula Costa the first, which he will. But let, let me look past him, not oh, you. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, man. Robert Whitaker's got nine KOs, five subs. He's a black belt in karate. He's a black belt in BJJ. Um, he was like a national wrestler in Australia. He won won a bunch of wrestling things. There, uh, Paulo Costa's got 11 KOs, one sub. He's a BJJ black belt too. Um, he will stand and slug it out with them, but I don't know. That might that might not be smart with Robert Whitaker. I think, I think Paulo really only does have like a puncher's chance 
in yeah. this where he could land a lucky punch and seems to be what happens in a lot of his fights, honestly. Um, I do think Robert Whitaker is the better fighter. He's more well-rounded. Um, I think he can hit harder and cleaner and more accurately to where Paulo just get, lands a lucky shot as to where uh, Whitaker landed a cleaner shot and it was more effective. Um, I'm calling Robert uh, Whitaker as well. <laughs> yeah. It, it's your, a good matchup, but it's I just don't see I don't see Paula Costa. Yeah, and then he'll blame having red wine the night before or whatever, but Let's I just on. think Robert Whitaker's just too good right now. Yeah, I think he's better, the better fighter. Yeah. Paula, Paula Costa's more of like he's not uh, just seems to be like uh, you know, he's like a model and, uh, you know, he wants to be in the headlines and I mean, not that he doesn't take fighting seriously and whatnot, but that just kind of the image I get it's from him. Like, uh, reminds me kind of uh, Luke Rockhold. Right? Yeah, there you go. It's a good way to put it. Sorry. And now we're on to the main event. Alexander Volkanovski versus Ilya Taporia. Uh, Volkanovski's got 13 KOs, three subs. Uh, he just went up and fought for the lightweight title uh, twice. He's a BJJ black belt. Uh, he's got an amazing record. He beat Max Holloway three times. I mean, that's that should tell you something right there. Ilya's got four KOs, eight subs. BJJ Black Belt, he's undefeated. Uh, he just beat Bryce, uh, Josh Emmett, and Bryce Mitchell. Um, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a, a really good fight. Uh, Ilya's calling himself the champ already. He's coming out with a documentary like The Road to the Championship. It's supposed to release right after the fight. Um so he's got like a great mindset going. Uh, Volkanovski is undoubtedly one of the uh, greatest featherweight champions of all time. Went up and challenged for the lightweight title. Um, I, I think what, what worries me about that is how is that going to affect him, those two losses. He did take the second one on short notice. So hopefully he kind of just brushed it off. And, it's, and it seemed like... Um, uh, there were some things he said where it, it made him worry, made me worry, like fighting is his life. And if he's not fighting, he gets depressed. So how did those losses affect him? Um, um, I, I, man, I, I want to pick Volkanovski as the winner, but uh, Ilya does have me a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie, man. Um, he, he looks like he's coming for it. Um, and, he, and he's never lost yet, so could be a tough five for Roganowski. So you're going Ilya? Nah, nah, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to <laughs> pick him, but man, it's tough. All right, I tell you what. Don't make your pick yet. Let me drop some nuggets in there for you. Yeah, there you go. 
All right. So, Alexander Volkanovsky, last time he lost before was 2013. He lost TKO, head kick, and punches. It was May 10th, 2013. Then, February 12th, 2023, he lost to Islam Makachev via decision. So that was 21 fights later. He went on a 21-fight win streak, lost to Islam, up a weight. Now, so that's two losses, right? Then he came back down, fought Yair Rodriguez, won third round TKO. Then on the three-day notice, he went up again and fought Islam and got KO'd, head kick and punches. I'm not saying he's going to win 21 fights in a row again. But when he lost the first time in 2013, that was in May, eight months later he fought in December and he won. And then when he fought Islam via decision, you know, six months later he fought a year. So we're about six six months from when he lost KO. Me personally, I'm not worried that like the KO messed with him just because of what he did yeah. 12 years ago or 11 years ago. Um, I don't know if you've seen the commercial he did, like Volk is too old and hilarious commercial. If you haven't seen it, you should go look it up. All right. Volk is old commercial. It's hilarious. Uh, that narrative is crazy. He's 35 years old, so if he's too old, we're too old. Um, three fights he's lost, one at welterweight, two at lightweight. He's never lost as a featherweight. The people he has fought, obviously, Tapor is younger. He's not had as many fights, so he's not going to have the resume that Volk has. But Josh Emmett, and Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell, trouble with wrestlers and grapplers. And Josh Emmett, you know, had a war against Yair. Those are his best wins. He's only been in the third round once and then fifth round once. So he's been in the third round twice, fought the fifth round once. And that was his last fight. Volk just puts on the pressure and pressure and pressure. I can't think of anything that Taporia can do. If Taporia tries to push the pace, Volk's going to get off the center line and become the aggressor. If Taporia tries to take him down, Volkanovski is like an iceberg. His, his ass is below the midline. He, he's a lot stockier and heavier. I mean, Islam Islam is a monster. That one fifty five. So, me personally, I ask his cardio is crazy. After that third round, pushing it, and I think, I think Volkanovski is going to win via decision. I will say, I messed this up. Damn it! Oh, shut. Support to be champion, just not, not this weekend. That was supposed to be, I say Volkanovski, but you get the point. Volk's going to win. 
finish strong. Man, those are a lot of good facts. Um, you know, I think it does does help sway the vote a little bit. Um, uh, you know, as good as Ilya is being undefeated and, and beating some stiff competition, uh, I just think, like you said, Alexander Volkanovsky is just going to, um, you know, he's going to retain the title. He's, he's kind of uh, on his way to building up a pretty big legacy. So... Uh, I don't know, you know. It, uh, what if he does lose, though? Does that does that mark the beginning of the end of his legacy? If he does lose, can he come back from it? Um, you know, losing the lightweight title, then losing his title right afterwards, that might be something entirely different. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. Um the UFC's been offering a ten dollar discount on this one too. It's probably already too late to get it. Um, but if you haven't got it already, get it. Um, maybe they don't think it's gonna sell a lot of tickets, so they're offering ten dollars off. I don't know why they did that with the last couple of ones. Maybe they're just trying to be nice. Who knows? Nah. I don't know. <laughs> nah. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, you're right. As always, we have fun doing this. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. We hope we're getting better. Uh, we love doing it. We hope to keep bringing them to you. Yeah, we're trying to bring better content. Sometimes you get worse before you get better. And yeah. so you know what? Even with like headset mic issues, we're trying to get better content for you know for everybody, especially the haters. And I hope, you know, keep liking, keep listening, keep subscribing. Yeah. Two Dude Nation. Two Dude Nation. Yeah. We'll come up with a better one.